following is a presentation of the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Big 12 era has begun, and BYU Cougars football is on the air. Martin finds space to the right. Martin's got a first down and more! The 10, the 5, the touchdown! Shaking off tacklers and taking it in for 6. We are two hours away from kickoff, and it's time to get you ready for the matchup with Cougar Pregame Live. Cougar Pregame Live is brought to you by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Cougar Pregame Live is also brought to you by Tucano's Brazilian Grill. Phenomenal flavors, a festive setting, and more fun than you can shake a skewer at. Also by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. Now, to get you ready for today's game, alongside Hans Olsen, here's your host, Ben Bagley. Good morning, BYU fans, and welcome in to Mountain America Credit Union Cougar pregame live. Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics, in a rare AM kick. The BYU Cougars host the Sooners of Oklahoma in a senior morning at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. My name is Ben Bagley. Thank you for joining us for BYU football. Joining me here, live from Cougar Canyon, on an unseasonably warm November morning, he is former Cougar and Indianapolis Colts great. He is a man who's ready to pick up the sword and the shield <laughs> and attacks the, the Britons across the sea. He is Hans Olsen. Hans, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic, man. This is my favorite weather. I love days like this. I don't know. It's a little early, you know, but as a player, you're probably waking up. You're getting the bugs out of your eyes. They're getting you into special teams meetings. They're getting you out. You're, you're doing your walkthrough in the parking lot. You know you do that every single day or every single pregame. You get out there in the parking lot. You do your walkthroughs and all your steps, and you go through your plays, and it's a little bit early. But I'll tell you, man, it's fun being here with you, Ben. If somebody would have told me 15 years ago, you and Ben Bagley are going to be out on Canyon Drive in front of the stadium <laughs> doing Cougar pregame shot, I said, man, you're out of your mind. Are you kidding me? Right. Man, ben Bagley? Really? This, this has been a long time coming because you and I have always circled each other, but we've never done a show together. This is this is our maiden Vera voyage, and I'm excited. Well, I've always been a fan of yours, and, you know, I, I talked to Shep, and he was like, yeah, man, I'm going to be gone, and it's going to be Ben, and I said, let's go. Bring it on. I know he's Fine. always he's always the man behind the magic, but let's put him in front of the magic. Uh, fi- finally, we get a professional in here. Is that what you told Shep? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, somebody's going to listen. That's nice. Oh. Hey, we got a lot to get to today. Uh, we've got some great stuff coming on, including conversation with Brett Venables I had earlier this week. So uh, we'll get you ready for this BYU-Oklahoma game. Let's talk about some of the main storylines here, Hans. It's hard to believe. This is week 11, and it's senior day at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Always kind of a special day as the seniors get their final. They're about ready to start the, the walk down Cougar Canyon. You're going to hear the band in a second. So this is senior day. We talk about the feels of Senior Day because you've been there, you've walked through this, but let's start on a different angle of this. Is Senior Day for a struggling team in BYU a good or a bad thing? Well, I think it's a good thing. I think that the fans will show up. I think they'll be loud. I know it's a sellout. I know family is here. The only thing that I would say is maybe a bad thing is it's a very distracting day, Ben. Because you get family in, and brother calls, and brothers need three tickets for his kids, and mom <laughs> calls, and Aunt Becky has decided that she's leaving full house, and she's showing up at the game. You can't and, forget about Aunt Becky. Yeah, everybody's got an Aunt Becky, and you got to find tickets for everybody, and then you're trying to meet them and say hi because it's your senior day and your last game. 
and then you're thinking about some of the festivities afterwards. So you can be a little bit distracted, but I like it because it brings the fan base. It does bring the family. It does bring some energy. Um, my senior day was crazy because it was Lavelle Edwards' senior day as well. And a Utah rivalry game. Yeah, it was It was a crazy day, and it was the last Lavelle Edwards game here in the stadium. Th- th- this is where I feel really old because I was in the press box covering that game. <laughs> oh, were you really? <laughs> yes, I was. Jeez, you are old. No, you're not. You're not old. And, uh, and that's the day that they unveiled the Lavelle Edwards Stadium yep. logo. And so – you remember these days they're incredible they're impactful they can be distracting if you let them but byu's got to stay laser focused and not let this oklahoma team get up on so we that that angle let's go back to the angle that everyone likes to talk about on senior day what do you like 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 yeah all the distractions aside but you're in that locker room in lavelle edwards stadium and you're tying those cleats for the last time and you're about to walk on the field as a senior, what goes through your mind, or maybe more importantly, what goes through your heart? Well, your, your thoughts are all turned towards the next step. Now, you're still trying to put out good film for the scouts because it's your last opportunity to show the NFL what you're about. You're looking for the combine invites. You're looking for the interest. You know you've got to put some good film out there. All of my thoughts turn towards what's next for me in my football life. And, you know, I think some some of these seniors that are walking, it's what's next for me in my professional life or what's next for me in my personal life. Because there are a few guys that will turn it, Ben, and they'll just say, you know, this is this is it for me. They know it's the end of the line. But for a lot of these guys, in fact, most of these guys, in their heart, they want to play at the professional level. They want to wear the, you know, I got to wear the horseshoe logo on the side of my yeah. helmet. You know, they want to wear the Bronco logo on the side of their helmet. It's their dream. Don't so, say, hey, hey. I'm not Scotty. It's the Raider logo. We, we don't bring up that other team. Uh, I thought, oh, why do you got a Kansas City logo on your shoe? I don't, I don't understand no, what you're doing I'm not Shep either. But, yeah, but that, that's the dream. You want to wear the logo. Yeah, so yeah. that's where it, really that's where your attention is turned to right now. Yeah. You're just trying to put the last bit of game film out there, your best foot forward, enjoy the last – moments that you get with your teammates because you never get those back and 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 i was lucky enough to have uncles that played uh college and professional and they gave me really good advice going into my senior season it was make sure that you love every second of it make sure that you don't take anything for granted because it is going to be the last time you're with these teammates it's going to be the last time you're wearing that logo in that stadium when you're going through your senior season it's just the season of last and my uncles told me embrace every single day of it don't get caught up and being down about practice and what you have to do but make sure that you're really taking the notes taking the mental notes and putting your best foot forward because it really is your last chance to shine for scouts yeah it's, it's interesting talking to these guys year in and year out as they get ready for this game it's good it's it's like the mixed emotions of everything you said about putting things on film but then there's the guys who know that they're not going to the next level and they just know that this is the last time and that's emotional like i was never good enough to play college football but i remember sitting in skyview high school's locker room after that last game with tears coming down my face knowing that was it yeah and that's hard it is it's tough but 
these guys get an opportunity to play in front of the best fan base in the country. Yes. They, they're going to be out here at 10 o'clock in the morning. They're already out here in the streets. They're filling in. They're going to be supporting these guys. I just want to see them put their best for, foot forward for these fans. And we're going to get to that in just a second, but I want to start with maybe one of the biggest stories outside of the surrounding thing. you got Oklahoma nationally ranked team in, in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. You've got senior day. you got all this stuff. But what we don't know is who's going to be the starting QB on snap one for the offense. So, if you're Kalani Stocky, Aaron Roderick, you're looking at your options. you got the senior and Keaton Slovis. The emotions like, hey, if he's healthy, let's put him in there. It's a senior day. But then you look at the other side of it with Jake Retzloff. He might be the future in the next couple of years. Maybe you want to see more of him, give him more experience, especially in a big game like this against Oklahoma. So is it heart or mind or how we going? What, how do you think we're going to see out here with our starting QB today? Well, I'd be interested when uh, Greg Rebell comes down, if, if he's got the uh, absolute yep. insight who they're going to go with in the start. But, you know, just a couple of thoughts here. Number one, if you're going to beat Oklahoma, you got to be over 280 yards passing. You're going to have to be probably closer to that 300 to 320 mark yeah. because BYU hasn't been able to run against anybody. And Oklahoma, if they've got a gap anywhere, their gap is in the passing game. The two losses that they had recently, it's 250 yards and like 320 yards. So they will give up passing yards, and you do have to go – and grab those passing yards. I think Kansas was like 250 yards passing, 280 yards rushing. Well, you're not going to get 280 yards rushing. You barely break 100 here and there. It's really difficult for BYU right now running the ball. So you're going to have to pass. You're really going to have to pass. So the thought is, well, okay, take the guy that's got the most passing yards or has the most experience passing and play him. So if he's healthy – Maybe you look at it because I do feel like that's the one way you can beat Oklahoma. But you also need that scrambling experience. Oklahoma is insane with their ability to get in the backfield. They're not a sacking team. They're a tackle for a loss team, and they're a pressure team. They get two of the best linebackers in the country. Yeah. Anchoring two, that defense. Two of the best linebackers in the country. And then they rotate one in Kip Lewis, number 10, yeah. who is a mess maker. He's yeah. a mess maker. He just comes in and destroys a house. So, a lot of good rotation, and these guys really do get in the backfield. So, you've got to have some feet to move around a little bit. I, I look at both quarterback possibilities, and I think, you know what? I think at this point, I would like to go with the future. I'd like to go with the guy that maybe gives you a little bit more oomph, a little bit more, uh, what's that word, gamesmanship. You know, that Riley Nelson, who much better than me at doing this job last year and, and years before, he's one of those guys that just had that game in him. Yeah. You know, he just had the game in him. And I think Jake Retzloff comes from that same cloth. And so, personally, I put it in his hands and I say, go get me a win. Go find a way to do this. Um, but Keenan Slovis will give you more opportunity in the passing game, potentially, which is where you're really going to have to excel to beat Oklahoma. Yeah, and, the, well, he, and, and kind of my view on this is Keaton Slovis is a guy – this is the one thing I really appreciated and grew to appreciate during the year with Keaton Slovis. And I think he caught a bad rap on a couple of things. But the one thing you can never blame him is that guy was a game manager. He didn't make the big mistakes. Right. And you can't make big mistakes against Oklahoma. Like, you you paid for those mistakes against TCU, against Kansas, and all these other t- games throughout the year against Texas. 
you can't do that against Oklahoma. This defense will make you pay if you make those big mistakes. And we saw that Reslaw's first throw last week where the misread, didn't, he, he, he didn't take the easy pass, wanted to get the touch pass over the top, turned in an interception. He, he, didn't have, he didn't really make big mistakes after that, but like, he's going he's gonna to be that young guy looking, looking for that spot where I think Slovis is more your game manager. I don't know. I don't know that there's a right or a wrong answer here. I just think that you, you, you either got to go – if Slovis is healthy, I think you go with him. Yeah. But I do – the guy of me looking ahead to next year, the ne- next year – like maybe Russell's the guy. You get him the experience in a game like this. This is a valuable experience. Well, I kind of feel like I need a gamer in this game too. I feel like I I really yeah. need a gamer, a guy that just is a, a no die heart. And that might be Retzlaff. I, I will say, game one to game two, game one was better for Retzlaff than game two. Um, and, and I would say actually by a bit of a margin, game one was better than game two. But by a bit of a margin. Iowa State's defense is better than West Virginia's defense. <laughs> that's, a, that, that's a really good defense. So yeah. you need to take that into consideration. Jake Retzloff saw one of the best defenses you're going to see in this country. He saw a lot of working different parts. I actually think that Iowa State is a better defense than Oklahoma. Oklahoma does some things in gap penetration that make it really difficult. And Oklahoma does shift a lot of their schematics. They will go to a 3-3-5. They'll go to a 4-3. They, they've got some – like you talked about some of their linebackers because of their personnel they can run a lot of different styles up front so they can really confuse you but i want a gamer i want a guy that can go in and if he wins it amazing mm-hmm. if if he doesn't just try to make the right decisions don't put your defense in bad situations don't give oklahoma short fields make those good decisions I'm sure people are saying, wait a second, game one to game two. Okay, well, wh- where were the real differences in, in what Jake Retzloff did? Well, you just mentioned one of them, the turnover. He was struggling at times in the pitch option look where he was keeping when the pitch was open. Yeah. I- I'm going to ask him to really look for that pitch today because I think if if I'm an Oklahoma defensive lineman right, right now or a linebacker, we're all focused QB, yeah. on Retzloff because he kept so many times. We're going to make sure that we hit him and force him to pitch. So Retzloff needs to be really aware of any type of zone read option where he's got that pitch option. If that DN doesn't move, make sure that you're pitching that thing out and getting it to the edge because we did see one to Aiden Robbins in the first quarter yeah. of that game. It was actually the what the second drive but the actual yep. first drive for BYU <laughs> because it was yeah. a, a quick a couple quick turnovers but we did see one pitch option that went off the edge to Aiden Robbins and up the sideline that ended up in a touchdown for them so look for that make good decisions in your zone read and your option game and get Jake Retzloff really moving well it's starting to warm up here in Cougar Canyon we've gone up at least three degrees during this segment we're just getting warmed up as well here on the show Coming up next, we'll talk to the Sooner play-by-play voice, Toby Rowland. We uh, he'll join us and he'll talk to talk about how the Cougars see the Red. Will the Cougars see the Red River Sooners or the Bedlam Boomers today? Because we've seen both sides of this from Oklahoma. Uh, the, this is the Mountain America Credit Union Cougar pregame live on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Mountain America on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 
alongside Hans Olsen. Here's Ben Bagley. And welcome on into Cougar Canyon here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Ben and Hans outside downstairs at Cougar Canyon. Upstairs in the radio booth, we're joined by radio play-by-play voice of the Oklahoma Sooners, Toby Roland. Toby, you and I talked earlier this week. I just got one simple question for you. Do I owe you $10? You do not. This is the most awe-inspiring view I've ever seen in a <laughs> football stadium in my life. I might be able to take the words football stadium out of that. I, it's incredible, and I'm so glad we were here when it was pitch dark this morning. We, we rolled in a little before 6 just to kind of see the, you know, the mountains emerge from the darkness was absolutely incredible. So this is amazing, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, just to fill hands and our listeners in, when I talked to Toby earlier this week, I told him, I go, he, he's asking me a little bit about Provo and the stadium. I go, I'll tell you what, if you get up to the press box and set up and you look out across the field see the mountains and it doesn't take your breath away for a second, I'll give you $10. <laughs> so I, I knew your, that your $10, $10 was safe, safe and it was. <laughs> hey, uh, Toby, what I don't appreciate is you bringing 20,000 of your closest friends with you. I, so we've, we've seen we've seen in this stadium, we've seen Cincinnati, we've seen Texas Tech, we saw Iowa State last week, and yeah. uh, you you could count we on a little two deeper hands than those the guys. amount of fans. Yeah, two, two hands the amount of fans that we would see on this wash, but we're just standing here. There's a lot of Oklahoma fans here. They travel like this crazy, huh, Toby? You say that, we uh, get a boomer. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I th- they, they took over Salt Lake last night, I can tell you that. No, it's one of the really cool things about uh, this football program is they travel amazingly, and this is the road trip that everybody circled when this schedule came out. It's a place we've never been. Obviously, it's one of the iconic venues in college football. It's a beautiful setting, and we'll never get to come here again, or at least, you know, for a long, long time. So I think uh, while they traveled well to Cincinnati and the other road trips in the Big 12 this year, this is the one where most of them wanted to come see. So you're going to see a really strong contingent of uh, Oklahoma fans today here, I think. Well, let's play. Let's talk some football then, Toby. I mean, I want to talk a little bit about this Oklahoma defense. This is a defense that last year really struggled and, and caught a lot mm-hmm. of heat, and Coach Venerables took some heat on it. But you, this defense has really changed its identity, really changed its how it's done this year. Right now, you, you, this defense, in, at this point of the season, 10 points better a game than last year, 84 less yards better than last year. This te- defense has really kind of almost become, I mean, I'm not. I don't want to shortchange Dylan, Dylan Gabriel, who's great, but this defense almost has become the identity for the Sooners team. I think that's accurate. I think it's the better side of the ball for them this year. Um, it was uh, by Brent Venable's standards an embarrassing season last year. They were in the hundreds ranking-wise nationally in pretty much every defensive metric, and I think uh, the improvement is you know. In simple terms, it's year two, so the guys get it more. It's a complicated system that Venables runs, but it's a proven system. You know, he was very good when he was at Oklahoma before. Obviously, it was great when he was at Clemson, but it's complicated, and they looked confused a lot last year. So just it being year two has helped. There has been a significant talent upgrade on that side of the ball, He has recruited miles better than Lincoln Riley did defensively. And uh, and they hit the transfer portal and have really hit some home runs there defensively as well. So it's led to better tackling, 
way more turnovers. They lead the nation in interceptions this year with 17. They've given up yards, but they've really been able to bow up in the red zone. A couple of goal line stands, most notably against Texas. And you're right. It's been a significantly improved defense. So let's talk a little bit about where Oklahoma is mentally. They find themselves in a four-way tie for second place in the Big 12 with Iowa State, Kansas State, and Oklahoma State. There was a time where they rolled off a 34-30 win over a number 3 Texas team at the time and then a nice win against Central Florida, even though that was way closer than they wanted it to be. But then a couple of losses at Kansas and at Oklahoma State. Seems like they steadied the ship a little bit last week against West Virginia. But I want to know how focused, how committed, um, how interested and engaged you feel like this Oklahoma team is after they've suffered a couple losses. I, I'm not worried about that. I, I think they'll be focused and interested and engaged. They're still in the hunt for the Big 12 championship. They don't control their own destiny. They need a couple of other things to go their way. But if they could win out, they got a pretty good chance of getting to Arlington. And it would mean a lot to this fan base and this program to kind of grab one more of those on the way out the door. So I think they're definitely focused and interested. The problem is they have not played well on the road, in conference play especially. The win at Cincinnati, they played good defensively but not offensively. And then they did not play well at all in any way at Kansas or Oklahoma State in road games. So I'm not sure exactly what their road confidence level is. But they're engaged. Uh, A couple of things went their way last week around the rest of the conference that opened the door to them getting back in this thing. And they did play one of their best games of the year last Saturday. So maybe that's given them a little bit of a boost. Well, Toby, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, part of me, I mean, BYU's kind of out of the conversation for that conference championship, barely. I mean, I, 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 part of me, the chaos says, I want to see the five-way tie for first at the end of the day today, just to see <laughs> the chaos that might en- ensue of that. But I also want to say, I've been to the Switzer Center there in Norman, I think you guys have got enough trophies. As I walked into that thing, I was like, whoa, that's a lot of trophies. So so share some for the rest of us, if you don't mind. Hey, no, I, want to I talk about it. it- yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. It's been funny, though, this uh, – this the, the, not funny, but the rest of the conference hates us. You know, we're the <laughs> – us in Texas are the bad guys, and we're leaving them all. And so everywhere we go, except for here, like, they've been so nice to us in Provo. They're putting facts about, you know, the history of our program on the big screen, and, and the people are so nice. It's abnormal for us when we travel because usually everybody hates us so much. So thank you to the folks in Provo for the hospitality. Well, that's because the folks in Provo does also say that they're 2-0 and against Oklahoma. I mean, that's we'll, right. We'll talk at the end of the day, see how that <laughs> niceness translates after that. <laughs> hey, Dylan Good Gabriel, point. here's a guy. BYU fans saw him a couple years ago in the Boca Raton Bowl. Um, he actually had a really good game in that, that, that game, but BYU won. But this season, like, if Oklahoma didn't have those two losses, this is a guy who would be right at the forefront of the Heisman conversation and, frankly, probably should be. Yeah. How much has he meant to this team this year? A ton. You know, he had the he had the great game-winning drive against Texas. Statistically, he's having a fantastic year. Uh, he is running the ball a lot more this season. He's got 11 rushing touchdowns now, yeah. eight total touchdowns last week, which is an all-time OU single-game record. Uh, he's played a lot of football. You know, he's been around forever. And so he's now into the top 10 
all-time in college football history in passing yards. And with a decent day-to-day, he'll be number eight. So I don't know that he gets that kind of national respect. But you're right. If they hadn't lost a couple of games, he would definitely be at least in the conversation for going to New York City. He's having a fantastic year. Let's talk a little bit about this uh, offensive line. OU, to me, means offensive uni- offensive line university. I mean, it really is just a, a factory of offensive linemen. And I know in the NFL draft last year, you, you lose a, a first-rounder at left tackle in Anton Harrison and a, I was a third or fourth rounder at the right tackle in Wanya Morris. And Chris Murray, he leaves, but you've got – what looks like on film another good offensive lineman, including McCade Matar, or however you pronounce that name. I love number 72, so good at that right guard position. Tell me just a little bit about this offensive line, who's come in for the, the guys that were drafted out, and how happy Venables has been with his uh, offensive line. Uh, they've, been, they've been, I would say, okay this year by, by OU standards. Um, right tackle Tyler Guyton did not play last week. He had a little bit of a concussion situation. I think he's going to be back. He's a likely first-round draft pick if he comes out this year. Walter Rouse, the left tackle, is a Stanford transfer who's been really solid for them. They've had some injuries in the middle. Uh, Matawyer missed a couple of games, but he's back now. The right guard you mentioned. Uh, Caden Green, a true freshman, has played quite a bit at left guard for them, and they're very excited about the future there. But as a unit, they just haven't ran the ball like Oklahoma's used to running the ball this season. It has never clicked. Oklahoma's used to being able to dominate a game with the run game. And it's been, like I said, it's been okay. But it hasn't been one of those, you know, 300-plus yard offensive or running teams. So I would say it's not been one of the better Bill Biedenboe offensive lines, but you see some guys there with really bright futures. Well, Toby, hey, we appreciate your time. I know you got your pregame to get to and uh, get ready for the call of the game, so we appreciate it. Hopefully the whole trip for you, maybe outside the outcome of the game, is a great, great experience for you here in Provo as, as we get to see a good, good, good football game today. Thank you guys for having me on. I'm very much looking forward to coming back in basketball and baseball and spending a little more time in, in your great town. Hey, when you get back into town, you got my number. Give me a call. We'll show you We'll show you around. Love it. All right, we'll do. See you guys. All right, coming up next, we'll keep this going. As Hans Olsen's going to tell us in his X's and O's segment what BYU needs to do to get that run game going today. You're listening to the Cougar Pregame Live. This is the new skin BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Ben Bagley and Hans Olsen for more Cougar Pregame Live. Brought to you by Mountain America on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Mountain America, the sponsor of this wonderful program, also the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Welcome back. Ben and Hans here in Cougar Canyon as we get you ready for BYU as they face the Oklahoma Sooners here at Lavelle Stadium on a senior day. And one thing that we're hoping to see different here on Senior Day that we haven't seen a lot of this year is a good, healthy, 
BYU run game, physical pound, get yards. Looking for 150 yards today? Maybe. I don't know. But hands for him to get there. Let's get some X's and O's. Tell me how it gets there. Well, first of all, when you watch Oklahoma's defense, they're very good at forcing you to be one-dimensional. They're very good at that. The thing is, you can't be one-dimensional against Oklahoma. You have to find a way to get this run game going. There are two losses, one against West, or sorry, one against Oklahoma State, one against Kansas. They gave up 150 yards to Oklahoma State. They gave up 269 yards to Kansas on the ground. They were able to loosen them up a little bit, and they were able to force that defense to think a little bit so they could put some points on the board. Kansas put up 38 points on them, and Oklahoma State was able to put up 27 points on them. So, BYU has to get this run game going. Well, how do they do it? Well, they got to do it by staying as healthy as they can be. They got to be able to use the speed of LJ Martin. They got to use the strength of Aiden Robbins. They have to be versatile. They got to be able to find some of those zone gaps, use some of the zero traps, use some of the pitch, try to keep Oklahoma on their heels a little bit and keep them guessing, Ben, because. I feel like at times this BYU run game has just become too predictable. And I'll tell you what I'm seeing on film. I'm seeing linebackers or walked-up safeties or linemen give some type of tip based off a down or distance where a linebacker will tap them on the hip or something or there's some type of indicator of here comes the pitch or here comes the veer or here and and we're seeing the run game destroyed based off of whatever it is alignment or down and distance whatever the, the tendencies of BYU's offense and the other thing I'm seeing is after a tackle I'm seeing guys get up point at their helmet I'm trying to remember I think it was it, well, it might have been Iowa State, but actually I think it goes back a little bit further. I know West Virginia did it a time or two where you could tell they knew what was coming. Yeah. They knew because they were pointing at the helmet, pointing at the coaches. It happened against Kansas as well. You've got to keep them on their heels. You can't be predictable. You can't only run on second down after an incomplete pass on first. It, it just makes it so easy as a defensive lineman. If I know what's coming and I know what your tendencies are, and, and, Ben, in the world of college football now, everything is broke down in percentages. You know every down and distance. You know left hash, right hash. You know inside the hash, middle of the field. You know red zone. You know 50-yard uh, line to the 20-yard line. And you know what your opposition is going to do based off percentages. 68% of the time, they're going to run a pitch option when they're on their 35-yard line and it's first and 10. Yeah. So it, when you've got a really good quarterback on the defensive side, your linebacker or your safety or whoever, and he knows those percentages, he's tapping you in the huddle and he's saying, hey, hey, look, look, it's there on the 35. It's first and 10. Here comes the pitch. Or they're on the 20-yard line. It's second down. They just threw the incomplete. Here comes the, the QB draw. you got to make sure you're self-scouting. You cannot let tendencies present today against Oklahoma they're too good defensively well and that's the thing is that it, and, and here's one thing that I, I'd love to see from this BYU offense today on the offensive line is, is I, I go back often to this is what Brady Papinga always used to say and has said to me many times is is Ben we're BYU we are mountain people we have big 
strong linebackers and linemen. Make those big mountain men lean into the defense. Get them tired. I don't know if that's as effective against Oklahoma, but I'd like to see it once a season. I want to see an offensive line that, that is physical for four quarters and see if you can wear a defense down the second half. I, I don't know that we've seen that yet this year. I don't know if we will see it, but the, the, this is the old smash, love smash mouth football guy and me speaking saying, I'd like to see as, at least try for BYU. I would like to see a try as well. West Virginia, even in the last last week, had nearly 160 yards. Yeah. As I mentioned, Kansas with 270 yards. Now, I know they got Neil and they got a crew of running backs that are very good, but you can't be one-dimensional against Oklahoma, Ben, and you cannot let your tendencies show. The Oklahoma has a staff so deep. They, they've got a former Utah State <laughs> head coach that is an, an analyst, analyst yeah. to yeah. the head coach. Yes. Like, they are so deep in w- with what they're able to do in their breakdowns. They know everything you're going to do. Yep. So make sure what you do is opposite of what they think you're going to do. You've, you've got to outplay their game. Absolutely. Hey, coming up next, Jason Shepard goes one-on-one with BYU freshman wide receiver Parker Kingston. In the new, this is on the new skin BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Mountain America on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Hans Olsen, here's Ben Bagley. Welcome back in. Hey, Parker Kingston's been one of the bright spots for the BYU offense this season, ranking fourth on the team and receiving with one touchdown reception. That's interesting for the receiver that is that has two passing touchdowns. He's got more passing touchdowns than receiving touchdowns. He's only his second to Keaton Slovis on the team. Jason Shepard earlier this week talked to the Roy High School product this week in the addition of Shep Talk. All right, Parker, how's the team responded this week in practice? I know things are probably uh, a little loud outside of the building, but in terms of practice, yeah. how things going? I'm um, good. We've come out strong. Uh, we've practiced like we're 10-0, and 11-0, and 0, and we're coming out, going to go show what we can do and put our brand of football out there on Saturday and uh, see what happens. How easy is that for you guys to have that mentality right now when you're kind of in the middle of everything that's going on right now? Yeah, obviously it's tough. You know, we're five and five. We've gone through three losses in a row now. Uh, Not what you want to expect, but I feel like we've been here before. We were here last year and we saw what happens once we get that, once we get that win and are able to turn our season around and go win a bowl game. And hopefully we can do that this week. So many people are focusing on getting the sixth win because of bowl eligibility. How much of what you guys are doing right now is for bowl eligibility or is it to just sort of get a win and get back on track how much is is the bowl part of things even brought up uh it's not brought up at all uh it's more just winning getting back on track getting back to what we're what we're used to and uh finishing the season strong one of the storylines for Saturday is obviously senior day. There'll be 30 players that will be recognized and you yeah. certainly are, are far from your senior day. Yeah. But what, I mean, you, you have a lot of guys that I'm sure you want to play really well for, and it's a yeah. great opportunity. What does this mean to you as someone who's young in the program wanting to play for these seniors? I mean, I remember my high school senior night wanting all the, all the young kids to play good so we could win. And I imagine they say they feel the same way in college and, uh, their last time playing in LES, I'm sure it's going to be a special, a special game, and they want they want everyone to play to their best, and we can get out, go out and win in their their last time in that in that stadium. 
at any level, have you played a game at uh, 10 a.m. local time before? Uh, no, not besides playing when I was in Little League. Nope, I have not. I mean, I know, I know coach uh, Sataki talked about how, you know, everything obviously gets, gets pushed up, you know, the routine stays the same. It's just different times. How are you guys handling that early, early kickoff? Um, we're, we got our sports scientists with us. Uh, they're, they're helping us out. They're making sure that we're going to bed at the right time, waking up at the right time, doing the right things, eating at the right time. So we're ready to go for this, for this early kickoff. Let's talk about you specifically. How has this season gone for you? I obviously had some big plays. I know you had the injury that that kept you out for just a little bit, but overall, how would you assess yourself this season? Yeah, I feel like I've had a good season. Obviously I could do some things better, but for the most part, I've put out what put on film what I what I can do with the ball in my hands, and I just want to keep it up for the these last couple of games. You have been one of the the young players that's really stepped up and has had an opportunity. Did you anticipate having this much of an impact this year? Was this always the plan, or has has this come as a bit of a surprise? Not that you're having success, but that yeah. you've given as many opportunities as you have. I knew going into spring ball. Uh, I would I was going to be a major role this year uh, so I knew I had to step it up I knew I had to change the way that I like do everything with football right uh, I knew this year was going to be a big year for me and heading into next year too how is college life for you and, and I know this is not your first year you redshirted last season but yeah. now, now that you're playing and you're into that grind and that routine how is college football for you uh, it's fun. It's a blast. I mean, it's it's a dream come true. It's what I've always dreamed of. And I try not to take it for granted because sometimes when times get tough, I'm, I sit back and I think, I'm like, this is what I've always wanted to do. Like, this was my dream. So just enjoy the moment. I got to keep trying to do that. Let's focus on the Sooners. We obviously know how good they are. They're a ranked team. Uh, what do you make of this matchup against Oklahoma, which is going to be your only chance to take on the Sooners yeah. in the Big 12 with them leaving? What What do you make of Oklahoma? Uh, they're a good, solid team. Uh, they're very, they're very sound on the defensive side. Uh, they got a great offense. Um, they they throw the ball everywhere. But I think, I think if we play our brand, we can keep up with them and go point for point with them uh, on Saturday. What type of an opportunity is this for you guys? It's not very often BYU's a, a pretty big underdog at home, and I know that that's that's something that kind of rubs you guys the wrong way. So, what yeah. type of opportunity do you have in front of you guys? Yeah, I think it's huge for us. Uh, obviously, having a big time team come into come into Provo, uh, being able to be being able to beat them, obviously, will be huge for us and huge for the season, and it'll show what we're really about, not what we put on film these past three three weeks. All right, Parker, let's wrap things up with the final four questions. I'm going to ask you uh, these personality questions, and everybody that's done the pregame interview uh, all season has answered these same four questions. So your teammates have already been through this. Okay. Okay, here we go. What is your favorite ice cream flavor, and when was the last time you had it? Uh, Cookies and cream. And I would say I think like a week ago I had it. Nice. That has been the number one answer. Really? I would say say of the ten previous players that I spoke with, at least seven of them have said cookies and cream. So you're in good company. It's good. It's really good. Yes, it is. All right. Are you a dog person or a cat person? Dog. I hate cats. Hate them. (laughs) Connor Pay was very uh, adamant that he also hated cats. Yeah, no. They're sent from from the devil. I hate cats. All right. You and I are on the same page there. All right. uh, You're only allowed to subscribe to one streaming service. There's so many out there. You can only get one. Which one are you... Which one are you putting your money on? Uh, Netflix. Selection? A lot of people yeah. have said Netflix because of the selection. Yeah. 
they got a lot of they got everything and most everything goes on to Netflix. So all right, last one, Parker. What does being a part of BYU's first P five season in the Big Twelve mean to you? Uh, it means a lot. And to be able to be out there playing uh, for a for a power five school is awesome and I can't wait for the for the games and the, the many years I have to come playing for this team and in this program and can't wait. Parker, thanks for taking a few minutes. You've been uh, really fun to watch. Whether you've been using your hands to catch those passes or maybe even throw a couple, it's been really fun. So thanks for taking a few minutes and good luck against the Sooners. Thank you. Parker Kingston, a man after my own heart, a dog person. Coming up next, a crazy scenario where the Big 12 could see a five-way tie for first place by the end of the day in today's Big 12 Blitz. You're tuned in to Mountain America Credit Union Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Ben Bagley and Hans Olsen for more Cougar pregame live. Brought to you by Mountain America on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Welcome back to Cougar Canyon. It is time for the Big 12 Blitz. I'm Ben Bagley, Hans Olsen alongside. We'll get to Gregor Bell here coming in just a second. The game's on the slate for the Big 12 today. you got Cincinnati at West Virginia, Baylor at TCU, 23rd-ranked Oklahoma State at Houston, UCF at Texas Tech, Kansas State versus Kansas, and Texas at Ohio State. Hans, we can go game by game, but the most most entertaining thing for me going on the Big 12 slate today is at the end of the day, if – Iowa, if Texas was to lose at Iowa State and Oklahoma State, Oklahoma and Kansas all win, we got a five-way tie for first going into the final week of the Big 12. Well, wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> Chaos first year, ensues. First year as being part of a conference <laughs> that nobody can figure anything out. By the way, I'm favoring Iowa State. That's in Ames, Iowa. Uh, you know, Texas has shown a couple of different weaknesses. I'm a big fan of Iowa State, what they do defensively. <laughs> I think, I think, I think Texas is a poser. <laughs> we, we, we Sooner fans love this radio show all of a sudden. <laughs> but I do think that Iowa State gets them uh, today in Ames, Iowa. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be an interesting scenario where Monday I'll say that. I mean, the camp conference office came out this week with, okay, let's explain the tiebreakers. Here we go. But it's still it's just interesting. Oklahoma State kind of owning I – mean, they, they kind of control their own destiny here. Uh, if they if they if Oklahoma State wins out there in the Big 12 championship, it's just kind of an interesting scenario where chaos could ensue. Hey, coming up next, we'll visit with the voice of the Cougars, Gregor Bell. Mountain America Credit Union Cougar pregame live continues next on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Ben Bagley and Hans Olsen for more Cougar pregame live. Brought to you by Mountain America on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Cougar pregame live. We're here live in Cougar Canyon. On hey, We're getting closer to a 10 a.m. kick at LaValle Edwards Stadium. Something you don't see very often, but it's going to be fun. Love the morning kicks, the morning college football on a November morning. Especially when it's not snowing and 30 below zero, we love it. Hans Olsen. I'm Ben Bagley, and joining us now is the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell. Greg, you just got done talking to head coach Kalani Sataki. Let's go over kind of some stuff that we can expect to see tonight. But, or this morning, excuse yeah, me. Exactly. Bad habits. Bad Ben. Bad Ben. Hey, quarterback situation. Who are we going to see go? 
Jake Retzloff will get the start today. Okay. Uh, Keaton Slovis was on the field and practicing well, but uh, he will be the backup to Jake Retzloff today. And and Ke uh, Kalani's hope is that they can give Keaton another full week to recover and then have him ready for Oklahoma State. Um, he could be used today if they need him, but I think it's a necessity thing. If, if Jake is going well enough, then, it, then it's his game today. Uh, Keaton is ready, according to Kalani, but not 100%. So available, but preferred to not use them if they don't have to is the way it looks today. Uh, he, he called Aiden Robbins and, and uh, L.J. Martin 100%, and he said uh, for the first time this year in game 11, all the wide receivers are available. And it's really taken that long. Wow. So Darius, 11 games in. Let's yeah. go. Okay. Darius, Lass, <laughs> Darius Lassiter should return. And Darius was really coming on uh, when he left. And, and so I expect to have the full complement of wideouts available. Not sure how many reps a guy like Keanu Hill still gets. But uh, at least, uh, you know, the top five, Roberts, uh, Epps, Hill, Lassiter, Marion, uh, they're all present and accounted for. And so that's positive for BYU. They picked up an injury, uh, a practice injury, at a pretty important spot, uh, you know, when Ben Bywater went out, I mean, uh, uh, maybe the one guy you didn't want yeah. to lose this year on the defense was the guy they lost at Ben Bywater. And so then it was up to uh, Harrison Taggart and Siali Asser, and Siali had really come along and, and, and improved and, and, and showed how good he's going to be as a young kid. And now he picked up a pra so, uh, practice injury. Siali Asser is not available mm -hmm. today. So what you're going to see, and you may even see him start on this senior day, is senior Chaz Ayu. We've not said Chaz Ayu's name much oh, okay. at all uh, this year, but he could be the guy starting a middle linebacker today uh, for BYU. So um, numbers down at middle, and so uh, it looks like Ayu and Taggart uh, will be uh, primarily the guys they're looking to there. Still missing tackles in uh, John Nelson and Caden Haas, so some beef is missing in the middle. Uh, Talon Alfrey should play more, if not start. I wouldn't be surprised if Talon Alfrey does start today alongside Crew Wakely. But to Alfrey, Wakely, Slade, DeMooney, uh, it's kind of your big four at the safety spot right now. But I think Talon Alfrey got through week one with nothing, uh, no ill effects. And so don't be surprised if he maybe even gets in a start today. Taking a look at just some of the uh, defensive uh, line talent, you mentioned that John Nelson's out, Caden Haas is out. Any news on John Henry Daly? Also uh, out again today. That's yeah. That's a tough one for yeah. BYU because you're, you're looking for a little bit of extra push if you can find it, but that's a tough one for BYU. It's great news, though. The receiver's back in action. You know, if you're throwing a full complement out there, maybe you can change things up with Cody Epps, a little bit of Cody Hill, a little bit yeah. of length. Darius Lassiter, as you mentioned, coming on strong. He makes crazy catches, wild catches, so you can put him into different scenarios. So that really should help. BYU's offense quite a bit. Yeah, uh, there's no doubt about that. And uh, Oklahoma still has to prove they can go on the road and be the team, the high-scoring team that they've been at home. Uh, their numbers have dipped uh, in, in their Big 12 away games. And so I know that they're, they're, they're saying, you know, I, I, the line is what it is, but it's at 25 maybe today. Uh, but but uh, in talking with the Oklahoma folks, they go, they still have to prove uh, some, some things on the road. And, and uh, they, they've been about 20 points a game different. Uh, from home to road games in Big 12 right now. Yeah, I'm interested because there's that mentality with Oklahoma because they have been that that dominant team at home and, and that dominant team against in, in, that, that really good game against Texas that was in a neutral site game, struggled at Oklahoma State, struggled uh, at, at Kansas. This is a big game. I mean, Toby was telling us uh, earlier, this is a game that not just fans but Oklahoma had circled on the schedule. Yeah. Is, is coming in to face BYU and one that they're, maybe their only trip ever to Provo. 
Uh, and I'm just kind of I'm, I'm curious to see if this is a situation because I know fans, BYU fans, kind of had that same feel. Oklahoma, Senior Day, Provo, Lavelle Edwards Stadium, let's go. I'm curious, like the mentality of the team, if it's kind of that same thing. Is, is this is our opportunity to uh, – it's, it's almost that mouthwash to get that bad taste out of your mouth of some of the struggles the team's had. Yeah. If you can come perform today and put on a good show, get a win, all of a sudden the season feels a lot better. Oh, my gosh. Uh, whether it's today or next week, that win means everything because yeah. it means a postseason. Yeah. And if you can be a bowl player in your first year in the Big 12, mission accomplished as far as I'm concerned. And I, I, if BYU can be in the game with this team at halftime, uh, that would be um, that that would be something because it, in the last few games by halftime, game's kind of been over. Yeah, and that's been dispiriting for BYU. Hey, Greg, in your experience being in the booth, as long as you've been up there watching the different senior days, how do they typically perform in a senior day? How does a senior day typically go for BYU? Is it does it stand out as being more productive? less productive well I, I think you hit earlier in pregame on the different emotions that come into play and some may not always be entirely positive or productive relative to a football standpoint <laughs> but i think it really all relates to what the kind of team you're playing in november this is not a typical senior day opponent for byu now you could argue back in the day when utah was an annual thing yeah. every year you would get the utah game on a senior day right and, and so you did have that um that that amp up but it's been a while since that's been since that's been the feel so it's been a decade or so of senior days that are not necessarily like this in terms of the caliber of competition or how you might feel. So I don't know that it's even played into because of how they've been playing or who they've been playing to end seasons. This is a different deal altogether. And, Ben, the comment you make about circling calendars and everything else, so much red we're seeing bypass oh, yeah. us here in Kier- uh, Oklahoma fans, I think, have been looking forward to this as much as any player might have circled the game, too. Care- careful. Last time Hans said that, we got a big boomer. Yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's all good. But it, it, I, I think it's and it's a one-shot deal for this fan base, yeah. too. And this might have been a thing they could look forward to with regularity, even for the SEC, that won't be a deal. But uh, I, I, I like this component of it. And, and I, I'll hit this a bit in pregame with, with Hans coming up, too. But the whole notion of November – BYU's Novembers are, are an entirely different deal now. And, and so what BYU is used to, what they're getting now, is, uh, is a stark contrast. I'll, I'll just say this. I'll, I'll get you out on this. Is I was just going to say the same thing. Is like, I'll be honest, I love, love the fact that today's pregame, I've done a couple of these. The focus is on the opponent, not that it's senior day. Yeah. The fact that this is a relevant opponent, a big-time opponent, a big game, and we're not just kind of like, Senior day, senior day, yeah, 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 yeah. And like that's like a back burner topic today for us. Yeah, it, well, it'll and, be that and, way for a while. And, and it's a yeah. huge opportunity for these seniors, really. You know, I just look at a guy like Tyler Batty, who I, I thought Greg did a great job in the postgame interview last week of talking to Tyler about what his future looks like, and he pretty much said, this is it for me. Okay, well, if this is it, two sacks on Dylan Gabriel on senior day against Oklahoma, that's going to give the NFL scouts a little bit of an eyebrow raise. That's going to give you a little bit of a boost. It's going to be a lasting memory for people. The way I would look at this as a senior, it's an opportunity because I know the NFL is watching this game. It's an opportunity for me to give give my last effort, my last show for film. It's an opportunity for me to give my last name for BYU fans and and their memory of of who I am and who I was as a player. So this is a big opportunity for these guys to show well on senior day against a big-time opponent. Let's say they're in this game. Let's say they find a way to win this game. This senior class goes from, ah, man, boy, bummer year to 
This was the class that beat Oklahoma before they left the Big 12 at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. This is a huge opportunity in front of these guys. Change the narrative. That's what it's about today. Well, Greg Hans, I'm going to let you guys go upstairs. How's that? Go get ready. Go get warm. Hans, you said you were hungry. Get some food in that belly. You got a big big call coming up, so get on upstairs. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, man. Hey, coming up next, Mitchell Juergens joins me on the other side. But first, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. This is the new skin, BYU Sports Network. to Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Mountain America, on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Ben Bagley. You just missed an epic intro that nobody heard because the mic wasn't on because I got a false start, five-yard penalty <laughs> on the host. Back him up, boys, first and 15. On, Mount- Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. The BYU Cougars getting ready to face the 14th-ranked Oklahoma senior Se- Sooners. On Senior Day at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and I'm joined now by our sideline reporter, who is as thankful as I am right now that it's not three feet of snow and 13 degrees outside. Am I right, Mitch? Oh, so you're definitely <laughs> right. Um, this this whole season, it's actually been incredible football weather. We I haven't been in a situation where I mean, I'd say last game was probably the coldest game oh, yeah. there at night, but it was still incredibly manageable and doable. So. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better weather-wise season for BYU, uh, um, especially me as the sideline guy from Texas. I, you know, <laughs> it, it, it takes a lot to get warm on the sideline, but uh, I, I've managed to do so so far. Well, what Jason said, because Jason likes to always go to Hawaii or something yeah. when it's November, and I get to do senior day usually here. And it's always cold. So, I like, every time I circle the calendar, I circled my Amazon account. Like, okay, Long John's. I'm, I feel overdressed today. I'll, tell, I'll be honest with you. But, hey, let's talk some football. It is senior day. It's hard to believe the season's already to this point. Final home game here at Loudwood yeah. Stadium. We just mentioned with Greg and Hans, it's kind of nice that that's kind of a back burner topic today because we're playing Oklahoma. It's a nationally ranked team. It's an important game for both teams looking for bowl eligibility. Oklahoma trying to stay in the, the, the conference championship race. But it is senior day. Yeah. We've seen some good football. Some guys are going to walk and play their final game out at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. If you're in the locker room with these seniors, if you're one of these seniors, what's your mentality as you're stepping out on the field today? Yeah, you know, and, and I think one thing you can hang your hat on for these seniors, especially, you know, specifically given this game, is they're going to go out and, and hopefully, and they should, give it everything they have. This is the last opportunity. And so, you know, in previous weeks, we've actually kind of questioned how much of these players are, are playing with true heart. It, yeah. it doesn't look like the fight is there. It doesn't look like this team is competing. Um, but one thing for sure, with the amount of seniors or players that are going to be walking here on senior day, um, it, you know, they're going to go out and hopefully give it everything they have. And if that's been the thing that's been missing for BYU so far this season, then who knows what can potentially happen. This is a big-time game. At least me, going back to my playing days, um, getting an opportunity for a crack at a team like Oklahoma, you want to be at your best, right? You know a lot of eyes are watching, um, especially with guys that have sights set on potentially some future opportunities in the NFL. This is a great opportunity to – 
you know, showcase your skills and, and put yourself in a position to um, potentially have some draft stock or some uh, some give yourself the ability to be picked up by a team. And so, uh, you know, who knows? I, but but one thing I can guarantee is that these players will give it all that they have, especially knowing that this is potentially their last game. And this is what BYU needs, in my opinion, at this point is just a you know a lot of fight and competitive competitiveness from these players. Um, and it, it may just take a senior day to do so. Well, it's interesting because you spend all week getting ready for a show like this, and we're talking about all these different things. And then in the last segment with Greg and Hanson, just like, yeah, change the narrative. There's your slogan. Yeah, could write on that, that, that. That's the thing is these seniors can change the narrative. Oklahoma, maybe the best team that's coming to Lavelle Edwards Stadium in quite a while, uh, for, easily in November, but maybe may in, in a long while. I'm trying to think of the last team of, of ranked 14th or better that came in. I think Arizona State was ranked pretty high when they came in a couple years ago. Uh, USC, stuff like that. I mean, this is one of those games. BYU struggled this year. They're a 25-point underdog at this point. Can BYU win this game, or do they need to get some help from Oklahoma? Yeah, um, both. So can they? <laughs> yes, they can. This is college football, yeah. right? Well, we, you know, we've seen the craziest things happen so far this season, specifically Especially in the Big 12. With the Big 12, yeah. right. You go to... You know, I coming into uh, you, you, we rewind a week or two weeks ago um, uh, with the way that Oklahoma State was playing. I thought Oklahoma State was going to be the toughest game on BYU's schedule. Uh, and then la- was it last week, two weeks ago, they get absolutely last week got washed. rumbled by UCF. And so you, you never know what's going to happen. Um, and so can BYU win? Absolutely. They can win. Um, is it likely, based on the way that they're playing? Not, not necessarily right now, but for that to happen, um, num- number one, you've got to be, I think BYU's got to be near perfect in all three phases of the game, right? Offense, defense, special teams. Um, you've got to be dynamic, uh, ready to go, can't have mental mistakes. Um, give, you, you can't give Oklahoma any additional opportunities because they're going to create their own, their own opportunities. To your question, like, do you need Oklahoma to potentially make some mistakes. Do you need help from OU to win this game? Yes, you do. Um, you, you know, if we go back um, to some of the wins that BYU's had this season, Arkansas, they outgained BYU by, you know, close to 150 yards, but BYU won the turnover margin 2-1. to one. Um, uh, Against Cincinnati. Cincinnati outgained BYU by over 200 yards, yeah. but again, BYU won the turnover margin 2-0. Um, and against Texas Tech, again, they outgained BYU by over 100 yards, but BYU won the turnover margin 5-0. To me, that's the that that's the key indicator for this game is BYU has to find a way to win the turnover margin. And against a team like Oklahoma, um, you've got to do so in a pretty big fashion. That's two, three, you know, plus two, plus three in the uh, in the turnover margin. And in my opinion, you can only do that if Oklahoma gives you some opportunities if Oklahoma does maybe some damage to themselves uh, because this is if Oklahoma plays their brand of football they're putting up well over 500 yards of offense they're scoring 40 you know 42 points I think that's their average yeah. so far this season um, and I don't think BYU can win without a little bit of help from OU well I think you said something interesting there it's not just you need that help from some mistakes from OU but you can't have a start like you had last week where Fumble to kickoff, recovered it. Fumble to kickoff, lost or interception. Then fumble a kickoff and lost it. You, you, BYU can't shoot themselves in the foot today. They exactly. got they got to play nearly perfect football, yep. and then get some help to get this game. Let me ask you this: 
We've seen some, I mean, there's been some games this season where Cougar fans have walked out of Lavelle Edwards Stadium with a bitter taste in their mouth, a little frustrated. Today, what do you need to see, Mitch Juergens, to walk out of the stadium and be happy with what you saw? Yeah, you know, I, I briefly mentioned it before, but just compete. Um, and, and ideally, take this game into make, make it a competitive game in the fourth quarter. Is that likely? I'm not sure. At least make it into the second half. You heard Greg talk about that. Um, but if this team can find a way to compete throughout the game, um, and, and I think there's going to be aspects in the game that you can watch for to see that happen. Um, you know, I, I put a lot of time and focus into the receivers. It's great to hear that all those receivers are back. It's a, it's a full receiving core. Yeah. Um, who, who knows the impact? We'll, we'll find out tonight or today if that uh, has any you know, implication on this game and, and potentially the, the dynamic um, approach of this offense. But um, they've got to uh, they've got to find a way com- to compete. And as I watch the receivers um, go up and win a contested catch, um, make a make, make a mind-boggling play. We've I, I love that Darius Lasseter is yes. back because he's been doing that in previous games. You've seen the one-handed catches here at home against Texas. Even though that game was pretty out of hand, he made that ridiculous catch over the middle. There were three guys in the vicinity. He he goes completely airborne and comes down with it. I want to see some big-time plays because what that shows me and tells me is these guys are ready to, to, to give it everything they possibly have, put their body on the line to go make an impactful and explosive play, and that can be a spark for this entire offense, and they just haven't had it you up ta- to this point. You talk about that spark, and like I, I, you're, you're talking about this. It just made my mind go. One thing that this team's missing, especially on offense, is that spark. Yeah, that spark went with Pokanakua, mm-hmm. and it was his plays almost on a game by game basis. Pook would make a play, that sideline would go crazy, the offense would get fired up, the stadium would erupt. We haven't seen as much of that this year, and having that full quadre of receivers out there. Maybe we see that because it's those big catches or a big play by a receiver. I mean, nothing gets the running backs, but a 5, 10, 15-yard run is not going to get a stadium going like a, a sideline catch or a big, big, big play downfield. Yeah, that might be nice to see that spark provided by the receiving core. Yeah, and, and you're going to need it. I mean, you heard Hans talk about it earlier. If BYU, in his, in his mind, if they're going to have an opportunity to compete, BYU needs to put up 200 to 300, 320 yards passing you've got to rely on the receiving core if they're going to do it, and, and they've got to make some big-time plays. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, 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 to, to your first question, right, which is what do we need to see? Yeah. I, I, need, I need to see that from certain players, and, and, and hopefully whether it's uh, – I'd love to see it from seniors in their last game out, but also some underclassmen because there's a lot of potential seniors that won't be here in uniform next season. Um, Who's going to be those guys that are going to step up and continue this BYU legacy, hopefully, and, and put them in a position to compete in the Big 12? Well, Greg Rebell uh, told us just moments ago that uh, Jake Retzliff's getting the start tonight. tonight or just tomorrow. Sorry, again, bad Today. habit this morning for BYU. Uh, what a valuable experience for a guy who more than likely is your starting quarterback next year. Yeah, absolutely. To be able to play against Oklahoma, against a just stout defense – and now he's got that experience going into next year. Yeah, he's got two games under his belt. Uh, we saw, you know, some flashes throughout both games of of what a a good and productive J, uh, Jake Retzloff can do. 
Um, this is going to be a tough, it's a tough matchup. Oh, it's be really don't expect tough, yeah. perfection out of a guy making his third start <laughs> at the F, you know, at the D1 yeah. level. Um, but um, he, he brings a, a level of um, kind of unpredictability, just uh, explosiveness that's exciting. And if he can again approach this game, make some big time plays, build trust with the offense, uh, this is a guy that that could be really really exciting to watch for. Uh, another two seasons after this. Mitch, I can't tell you how happy I am for you that you're not in snowshoes <sighs> and, and and snowmobile suit out there. It's going to be a nice, relaxing, enjoyable game on the sidelines for Mitch Jurgens. Hey, thanks, Ben. I'm I, let's 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 hopefully you know BYU can put a put a product out there. But regardless, it's this is fun doing. It, it's it's so much fun doing this. And, yes. And uh, Ben, it's a pleasure being with you on the show. This uh, is the first one this season. I need so Jason it's, to it's leave great. more often. This is yeah. great. I, yeah. No. I, absolutely, Jason. Just stay in Hawaii. <laughs> Enjoy your time down there. Hey, Mitch, we'll talk to you later on the broadcast. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Hey, coming up on the other side, OU head coach Brent Venerables tells me why he's bringing his team into Provo prepared for a fight from the Cougars. That's next on Mountain America Credit Union Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Tune to Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Mountain America on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Ben Bagley. We're getting you ready for BYU and the 14th-ranked Oklahoma Sooners. Earlier this week, I talked to the head coach of the Sooners, Brent Venerables. I began my conversation with the coach, asking if this will be his maiden trip to Provo. It is. Uh, and brother lived in Salt Lake City uh, for about 10 years, and so been to Salt Lake City. Uh, there to visit him and uh, recruiting a little bit, but uh, and then have been up to the University of Utah uh, before, but not to Provo. I've seen pictures; looks incredibly beautiful and uh, picturesque. So, looking forward to the trip. Well, I joked a little bit earlier with Toby, the play-by-play guy there at Oklahoma. I said, "Look, if once you set up in the uh, your, your the press box." And look at the mountains. If you don't lose your breath for a second, I owe you 10 bucks. So I'll put the same deal on the table for you, Coach. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> Let's talk about the game a little bit. I, BYU, not unfamiliar with uh, your quarterback, Dylan Gabriel. Uh, they faced him at the Boca Raton Bowl. Uh, had some success against him. And Dylan struggled a little bit in that game. But how is he different since then? He's grown up a little bit. He's had spent some time in Oklahoma. How, how, how can BYU fans expect to see a different Dylan Gabriel on Saturday? Yeah, I don't know what he was like then. I can just tell you what he's like now. And um, he's mature uh, beyond his years. He makes uh, great decisions uh, with the football. And um, he's a great leader. You know, brings out the best in everybody. He can uh, throw with great accuracy, um, throw with uh, – he's got really good arm talent, uh, uses his legs well, always keeps his eyes down the field. Uh, he's patient. Uh, got great instincts uh, as a quarterback, and he's uh, he plays with great toughness. Um, so players really like him. Uh, he's well received in the locker room, and doesn't have to try. He's just really, really natural uh, at being a, a leader. You look at your team this year. Um, I think speaking to some of the players at media day, speaking to yourself at media day, that going back to Dallas, there was kind of a sense of disappointment of how last season turned around. Now, this season's not over, but talking to Danny Stutzman in, in Dallas, he was excited to rewrite the story this season. 
We're 10 games in. Are you pleased as a coach of how this story thus far has been written this year for Oklahoma football? Well, there's there's plenty um, uh, that you want to recognize of, of you know, improvement. Um, still got a long ways to go as we're building the program. We're playing the long ball. You know, you're, uh, you're committed to, to excellence every single day, one day at a time. And that's how you got to do it. There's no shortcuts. It never happens fast enough. Uh, you want to do it with people, the right people, develop the right mindset, you know, continue to nurture our, our culture, make sure that I do a great job of rehearsing our beliefs and our values and holding people accountable to the standards that we're all creating. And, uh, you know, I've never been a part of um, a team as a as a, a player coach that there wasn't some level of disappointment along the way. You know, each and every year you start over, you renew, you refocus, you recommit. But uh, even on years where you um, had a chance to play in several you know championship um, uh, games, even on those years, you you have to go through some stuff you know, that maybe isn't real enjoyable, you know, the strain, the struggle. But the thing I love about this game of football, you know, if it teaches you something, it teaches you toughness. It teaches about life. Life's going to bend you, you know, push you to uh, breaking points. And uh, But just like the game of football, you you get to knock people down and get right back up and do it again and do it again. Or you get knocked down, and but it teaches you how to get back up. And that's what it's all about. And, uh you know, Oklahoma is a place that's won at a really high level for a long time. And it's important for me that I, the players always have a great perspective, um, recognize achievement and success along the way, but stay hungry and motivated and driven that there's always something better and the best is always yet to come. My thanks to Oklahoma head coach Brent Venerable. Really fun to talk to him. When we come back, we'll look at some of the other action college football. This is Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU in the Big 12 plays right here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics, the final segment. Let's get you caught up on some other scores going on in college football. Oh, wait, it's a 10 a.m. start. There are no other scores in college football right now. There are six good games coming up with the pregame slate at 10 o'clock a.m. One of them, Michigan. No Harbaugh as they travel to College Park, Maryland to face the Terps. That's a big one for the Big Ten championship ramifications. Hey, coming up next is Zions Bank Cougar pregame coach show with Greg Rebell and Kalani Satake. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Or visit a Mountain America branch to apply today. Membership required based on eligibility. Loans on approved credit. Offers can change or be withdrawn at any time. Limited time offer. Business cards not eligible. Did you know the average TV commercial break is around three minutes long and that it takes a cup of noodles about three minutes to cook? Your favorite song is probably three minutes long, too. And you get a pressure-filled three minutes to finish your turn in Scrabble? But did you know you can get a rain-repelling, triple-foaming, tire-shining, undercarriage rust-inhibiting car wash in just three minutes? You can with membership at Quick Quack, home of the three-minute shine. Just say Siri, directions to Quick Quack. See you soon. Runs through a tackle, first down and more. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. Okay, that's good. 
Whoa, whoa, Dave! Sorry, I'll go grab some paper towels. You can't let Dave pour things. He works at JCW's. They fill stuff up past the brim over there, like their milkshakes. They're thick, rich, and oh my gosh. Delicious? Oh no. Dave's filling up Crystal's car for her. Dave, stop! Hey, this is Clark for JCW. Stop into any of our five locations today. We're located in American Fork, Thanksgiving Point, Provo, South Jordan, and our new location in Harriman. Come in and see why at JCW's we believe in quality and a lot of it. What do you seek in a podcast? Entertainment, knowledge, a fresh perspective, or perhaps just a commute companion? Whatever you're after, discover it with the BYU Radio family of podcasts. Are you curious about nature, family dynamics, or faith and religion? Look no further. We dive deep into the topics that matter most to you, and our hosts are seasoned professionals who talk about the things that matter most. With a sea of podcast choices, make the right one. Make the right one. Choose BYU Radio Podcasts, where your interests meet our expertise. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to hear from the head coach of the BYU Cougars, Kalani Satake. This is the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show, presented by Zions Bank. For 150 years of helping you succeed, Zions Bank is for you. The Cougar Pregame Coaches Show is also brought to you by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires, the team you trust. Let's join Hans Olsen and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good morning, Cougar football fans. And for the final time this season, we welcome you inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the beautiful Brigham Young University campus in Provo, Utah for Senior Day. BYU's 2023 home finale as today. The 14th-ranked Oklahoma Sooners visit BYU for the first time ever in OU's first-ever trip to the state of Utah. As BYU approaches the end of its first season as a Big 12 Conference member, Oklahoma today playing its last-ever Big 12 away game with the Sooners bound for the SEC next season. I'm your play-by-play commentator, Greg Rubel, sitting alongside the big man, former BYU and NFL lineman Hans Olsen. Hans, it seems like we were getting started together just yesterday this season seemed to kick off just so recently in the past yet it was a home game on September 2nd and suddenly the end of the home schedules arrived Uh, one last chance to play in front of the home fans and for many BYU players one final opportunity to uh, walk down the tunnel here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium it's always a special day and today one of the earliest days BYU's ever had it's a 10.07 a.m. kickoff on a beautiful mid-November Saturday. Well, it'll be one of the most special days in the lives of each one of these guys that are finding their final day here today. And BYU does such an amazing job of making it such a memorable, unique day. Now, mine might have been a little bit more different because it was also Lavelle Edwards' last game in the stadium. So I got to meet the prophet. He came into the locker room, first time I'd ever met a prophet. You know, you walk out, you've got a ton of family, but... You, you hug Shirley Johnson a little bit tighter because you know you know your college mom. You're about to you're about to leave your college mom, and I hugged Rosalind and you remember Carolyn. They were our, our secretary staff, and you go through with the coaches, and it's just big long embraces and big hugs and the teammates. And the, this day is so impactful. And Greg, it is so emblazoned into my mind. I think about it often what this day meant to me in not only my football career but my life and I I hope that each of these 
guys, as they're leaving this program, you, you can't say seniors anymore because so many juniors are exiting with different COVID years and, right. and what you've got available. But I hope that it's memorable for each one of them. Well, coming up next, we'll hear from BYU head coach Kalani Sitake as the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues. For 150 years of helping you succeed, Zions Bank is for you. My pregame chat with the coach coming up next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Pre-Game Coaches Show continues. Once again, here's Greg Rubel. From Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo, this is the Zions Bank Cougar Pre-Game Coaches Show. Today it's BYU and nationally ranked Oklahoma for the third time all-time, but the first time on either team's home field. BYU 2-0 against the Sooners with two neutral field victories in 1994 at the Copper Bowl in Tucson and 2009 at Cowboys Stadium in Arlington, now AT&T Stadium. Time now for my pregame conversation with BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. It's brought to you by Zions Bank. For 150 years of helping you succeed, Zions Bank is for you. And we start with the quarterback situation. Jake Retzloff has gotten the last two starts with Keaton Slovis banged up. Slovis is working his way back, but he's not all the way back. Keaton's ready to go, but he's still not 100%. And so uh, Jake will be ready to go in the game. And uh, if we need Keaton, he'll be ready as well. But I think uh, having the extra week will be really helpful for him for next week. Um, and, and, and Jake's had some good practice. Both of them practice really well, uh, but that's what we're going to go with uh, this morning. Meantime, uh, the wide receiver room feels like it's uh, full and healthy for one of the first times this yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, uh, game 11, and we finally have them ready to go, and that's it's good to see them out there. But, I mean, there's only there's only so many reps that can go around, but but you'll see a good rotation with those guys, and I'm excited for them to make some plays for us. How about uh, defensively? Anything going on personnel-wise with you there? Yeah, you'll see a little bit more of Chaz IU, uh, who, who's uh, made a great showing and been able to compete quite a bit. Um, and so he'll be on the field. Talon Alfrey was there last week, probably play a little bit more time than normal. And, and um, you know, we, we, we've got an opportunity to play a lot of young guys, but uh, you'll probably see a little bit more rotation than we've had done in the past. You won't have uh, your good freshman, Siale, available today, Sarah? Yes, yeah, Siale had an unfortunate injury in, in, uh, in practice, so he won't be ready to go. But you'll, you'll, those reps will probably be split between uh, Chaz IU and uh, Harrison Taggart. How's your run game looking right now? Uh, good. I mean, uh, both LJ and Aiden are 100% now, and they're ready to go. So we'll see them. And, and you'll have Miles, who have his, his set of plays, and same thing with Dion. So those, the, the, the group is ready and healthy to go. And so I'm, I'm excited to see uh, Aiden and LJ take, take the bulk of the reps. And some of the guys you just mentioned are playing their final games in Lavelle Edwards Stadium today. Yeah, and there's a bunch that are, might be their final games. So it's, it's one of those things where, where we're just trying to be safe. And I think we have 30 names or so. Uh, to announce, and, and uh, I think a, a good number of them will still come back. But uh, just in case, we want to make sure they give everyone that senior moment and that opportunity to last game in, in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Grateful to those guys for kind of helping to set a foundation for BYU's Big 12 uh, time. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. And, and and we knew that this would be a tra- transition year. We knew going into it that it would be, uh, had to test our depth and, and something that BYU's never done before. And these guys have done an amazing job uh, promoting the culture and, and making sure that it's thriving uh, through the good times and even through through the adversity. So we, the culture is really really nice on the team, and I, I think that it's working really well with with uh, all the leaders. And a good portion of that is because of those those seniors. Week in week out, you're playing tough Big 12 teams. Where does Oklahoma rank among the teams you've had to get ready for this year? Yeah, they're up there. I mean, there's a reason why um, they were in the in the 
you know, the talks about playoff contention, things like that. And they're they're still in the in the hunt for the, the conference championship. So um, there's a lot going on for them. Uh, for us, it's, it's it's the ability to get that one more win that we need for bowl eligibility, and uh, we're running out of opportunities. So this is uh, not only is it the last game for the seniors at home, it's our it's our um, you know, our opportunity for us to try to extend the season and and keep this thing growing and being able to make sure that we can get in a position to, to get more practices and develop our team more. Oklahoma does a lot of things on both sides of the ball. They really do give their players a lot to do. Yeah, and they're, they're a complete team. I mean, you look at what uh, Coach Venables has done uh, last year. They, 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 you know, they, they basically installed their program and try to get it working. And uh, they went through some bumps last year and some uh, some obstacles, but they had a, a year six and six. And and uh, look where, what they've done in a, in a year's time since then. And so uh, I'd like to see our team make that same similar jump. Uh, this would be a, a good test for us uh, this morning in this game. Dylan Gabriel, best quarterback you've seen this year. Amazing. I mean, very efficient uh, and, and very dangerous, could run the ball. We've, it seems like we, every quarterback we play against can run. Uh, very athletic. And I think the thing with him, he's, he's so poised. And we've seen him when he was in his younger year, uh, years at UCF and uh, the growth that you've seen in, in this young man and, and, and com- composure and poise and the the command of an offense it's very special and uh, I think this is this is a a guy that's going to make a lot of plays but hopefully not not this morning what's the signature of a coach Venables defense yeah well they're they're multiple they can do so many different things they use a lot of bodies um, but they they are great in coverage they can play base defense and and be very sound and then when they want to ramp up the pressure it's easy for them but I think when they have one of the best linebackers in the country playing for them, and they they complement all the talent from the front to the back end, it's it's a, a lot of a lot of great recruiting and development that they've done. How's the morning been for you and the guys? Yeah, early morning, and and honestly, the guys handled it really well. I think maybe um, I don't know. This is our first time, but I think we have to get used to this being in the Big Twelve and. I don't mind it at all. Let's let's see what how we, how we start. Maybe maybe being in the morning is is what we needed this year. You no, know? so uh, we know that that it hadn't worked the last couple of weeks, and and so hopefully uh, the early morning, the early rise will be be what we need. It'll be a memorable day either way, Coach. Thank you for the time. Thank you for the preview. We'll talk to you post game. Go Cougs. Thank you. That's BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. This has been the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show. As we head to break, let's get you today's forward keys to the game. They're brought to you by your local forward stores. BYU football built forward proud. Hans Olsen comes up with the three keys. All right, just thinking a little bit outside the box, what Oklahoma does well and what BYU needs to do in order to be in this game. Number one, BYU's corners must contact and be physical with these OU wide receivers. A a free release is a reception, Greg. If safeties have coverage responsibilities, they need to be physical, and they have to change the wide receiver's routes. You cannot let these receivers release free. You can't let them have free reign because they will destroy you. 324 yards passing per game. Number two, Oklahoma will leave some passing lanes that are very tempting. It's their defensive weakness. They do give up passing yards in games right now they're giving up 240 yards a game through the air so it's really tempting to put that ball in the air but you got to understand and you heard it right there from Kalani Oklahoma changes up their defense they disguise a lot they show man they fall into zone and they will cloud you out so and they also have more picks than any other team in the country exactly so you have to pass to win 
But you've got to be really smart when you pass because they've got 17 interceptions on the year. And Kansas was able to get the win with 220 yards passing. Oklahoma State got the win with 334 yards passing. So we know what the formula is. You just have to be really smart with those passes. Number three, Oklahoma has 79 TFLs, one of the top in the country. They average 7.9 tackles for a loss per game. Just to put that in perspective for everybody, Greg, BYU's got 42. They average 4.2 per game. Oklahoma is incredible in the gaps, and what they do is they run overload defenses. So they'll take a backside linebacker, and they'll loop him around, and they'll overload an offensive front based on where they think that ball is coming, whether it's a bootleg or a trap. They love to run those overload defenses. What does that mean? As an offensive lineman, keep your head up. Be ready to pick up a chip on a blocking backer. Do not let them come through that gap free. Chip them at the very minimum chip them because these guys are so good at those overload looks and getting tackles for a loss. Those are Hans's forward keys to the game. The Cougar kickoff show next. This is BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. We're getting closer to kickoff of BYU football. You're tuned to the Ken Garf Cougar kickoff show. Ken Garf, we hear you. The Cougar Kickoff Show is also brought to you by Bailey's. We move with you every step of the way since 1952. Also brought to you by BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Now, let's head live to the All-Pro Capital broadcast booth. Alongside Hans Olsen, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good morning once again, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium for an early window meeting between 5-5 five and five BYU and 8-2 and two Oklahoma. The Sooners out of the college football playoff discussion, but in the mix for a Big 12 title game appearance. The game will kick just after 10 a.m. here today. It's the first 10 a.m. mountain time kick for the Cougars since 2009 at UMass, where the game kicked at noon Eastern time. Today is BYU's first 10 a.m. local time kick at home since the game against New Mexico back in 2004. Meantime for OU, today's game's right in the Sooners' wheelhouse. OU's playing its sixth game this season with an 11 a.m. Central time kick, and they'll do it again next week home to TCU in their regular season finale. This is the Ken Garf Cougar Kickoff Show presented by Ken Garf. Whatever your vehicle needs are, go to KenGarf.com. Ken Garf, we hear you. All right. Uh, when BYU made the transition from independent to Big 12, no one expected that uh, BYU football would, co- would contend for a conference title in year one. It's going to take some time to be competitive in this league. But when BYU opened the season 3-0 and then 5-2, and it appeared that BYU just might find a way to be at least a postseason player in its first season as a power conference player overall. But uh, after needing only one win in the final five games, now it's down to one win in the final two and now BYU is losing games big as well. 29, 30, and 32-point margins of defeat in the last three games. OU could make a tough slate even tougher today. And, and this is an unusual thing, Hans, a losing streak at the end of a season. The last time BYU lost even three in a row to end a season was 20 years ago. The last longer streak came in 1955 when BYU dropped its final eight games. But with OU at home, OSU on the road... 
This is a tough way to finish, and welcome to the Big 12, right? Uh, these are not the Novembers BYU's been used to in years past. Well, we just go back to my senior day. It was New Mexico, and we thumped New Mexico pretty good. It's a pretty easy finish. You go back to 21, you had Idaho State and Georgia Southern. You go back just last year, you had East Carolina and Utah Tech in some of those closing games in the season. So it is, this is just a rude awakening. And you better figure it out pretty quick because it's not going anywhere. You're going to be facing these types of teams and these types of schedules to finish out. And you're going to have potentially a conference championship or a championship appearance on the line at some point down the road. So you've got to figure out how to get strong at this point of the year. Time now to identify this week's E-Assist player to watch for BYU. It's brought to you by the E-Assist Dental Health Education Foundation, reminding you that dental cleanings are essential for your health. Hans, who do you have an eye on as a BYU player to watch today? Well, last week we had an opportunity to talk to Tyler Batty and Isaac Rex. Isaac Rex wasn't quite as committed as Tyler Batty to being his last game. But I'm going to go back to Isaac Rex on this. Isaac Rex was your leading receiver last week in fact one of the few drives that had any success it was all isaac rex all the way down the field i think against this oklahoma defense in the seam and in the deep post for some reason there's a weak point get isaac rex going early find him in that seam find him in the post listen i'm fine with jake retzloff being the guy but you're going to have to have 260-plus yards passing in order to be in this game. Isaac Rex needs to have 100 of those yards. Wow. More of the Ken Garf Cougar Kickoff Show coming up as we break. We remind you to go to BigOtires.com and make an appointment at one of 50 locally owned and operated Utah locations. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Back to Lavelle Edwards Stadium right after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Ken Garf Cougar Kickoff Show. Let's get back to Hans Olsen and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU and OU coming up top of the hour. BYU playing its home finale. Cougs will finish with a winning home record. Cougs are 4-1 in Provo this season. Jake Retzloff gets his third consecutive start at quarterback. Uh, but it's been a subpar passing season for BYU. The Cougs ended up with only uh, 318 yards of total offense last week in the Iowa State game. BYU ranks 123rd in yardage on the year. Oklahoma last week against West Virginia more than doubled BYU's Iowa State yardage number. OU racked up 644 yards last week. They averaged better than 500 a game. They've scored 50 points or more four times. And the OU defense is really good, too. Uh, Texas may be the higher-ranked team, but... BYU got UT with a a backup freshman quarterback. This is OU with Dylan Gabriel. I think today's game is the toughest game BYU plays this season, in large part due to Gabriel. He accounted for eight touchdowns last week against West Virginia. Five passing, three rushing. He is all around, Greg. He's just a beautiful football player. He's a beautiful college football player. We'll see how much this translates to the NFL. But in college football, this guy's as good as it gets. Over 3,000 yards passing, over 340 yards rushing. You talked about his touchdowns last week, but this guy combines for 36 total touchdowns on the year. 11 rushing, 25 passing, 70.5% completions. He's only got five interceptions on 325 passing attempts. 
what more could you ask from the Oklahoma quarterback? And for his career, 145 touchdowns responsible for 120 passing and 25 rushing. That's remarkable. Time now for today's Hyatt Place Comfort Zone feature. At Hyatt Place Provo, your convenience and comfort will always be our highest priority. Not too many comfortable spots for BYU right now, but one is in the secondary. The Cougars have snagged 12 interceptions on the season. That's a top 10 number nationally. And corners coach Gennaro Guilford was this week announced as a nominee for the Broyles Award given to the country's top assistant coach. Gennaro's corners have been a bright spot for BYU. They have, and I'm so glad I get an opportunity to highlight him because I've known this kid since 1997, I think, or 98 when he showed up on BYU's campus. And the first time I met him, loved him. As just a young kid, I knew he was a bright spot for BYU. I didn't realize how bright it would be. You talk about his corners. Eddie Heckard is a box filler. If, if, it, if there's a number to be had, Eddie's going to go get it. 37 tackles. He's got a sack, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery. He's got a touchdown on the year off a pick six. He's got three interceptions, five pass deflections. He fills up the box. Jacob Robinson, he's an all-American type guy. He can do it all. And you go down the list. He has done a fantastic job getting these guys ready on the outside, for sure. Well said, Greg. A bright spot for BYU. More of the Ken Garf Cougar Kickoff Show live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium right after this on the new skin BYU Sports Network. You're listening to the Ken Garf Cougar Kickoff Show on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Now, let's head live to the All-Pro Capital broadcast booth. Alongside Hans Olsen, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Grubel. BYU and OU straight ahead. Oklahoma had its eyes on the CFP after a 7-0 start to the season, but back-to-back losses at KU and at Oklahoma State took them out of the mix. Sooners rebounded with a 59-20 win over a West Virginia squad that had handled BYU the week before. BYU should today finally have its full complement of wide receivers available for the first time this season. It's been a physical, brutal year for that position group, and it has been the same way at quarterback, running back, offensive line, D-line, linebacker, safety hands. BYU coaches knew that one of their greatest challenges in the Big 12 would be quality depth, and the 2023 season has shown that to be the case. Well, I'm just glad that they've got the wide receivers out there that might force some Oklahoma attention in the backfield so that Isaac Ricks can get just a little bit more room to work because BYU has struggled with their receiver depth, and that has allowed opponents to focus and keep in on their best receiving threats week in and week out. So hopefully that gives Isaac Rex a little bit of help as well as puts more receiving options on the field. Moving forward, though, being able to withstand the kinds of injuries BYU suffered this year and still be competitive, that's got to be top of the uh, to-do list in the Big 12. It's got to be. And I don't necessarily want to see it done through the portal for very many years, but maybe the transfer portal is the answer for a short period of time, but I think you hit the streets. I think you find the young talent, bring them in and develop them, because I'm a big believer in Fessy Sitake. I'm a big believer in this offensive staff. I truly believe these are some of the better minds offensively that you're going to find. Now just go out, get the talent, develop them, and you can feel good about the work you're doing. Coming up, we'll head down to field level and hear from Mitchell Jurgens as the Ken Garf Cougar kickoff show continues after this, live from the Bell Edwards Stadium in Provo on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 
This is the Ken Garf Cougar Kickoff Show. Let's get back to Hans Olsen and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. And let us pause 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU hosting Oklahoma in an early morning kickoff. 48 degrees. There was some drizzle in the vicinity. But uh, right now, uh, maybe even a hint of precipitation. Looks like there might be a raindrop or two on the uh, on the window here at the press box. But it's uh, cloudy, cool, but not unseasonably cool. It's uh, 48 degrees, not too bad. Let's head down to field level. Former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens. Mitchell reporting from the Zions Bank end zone for 150 years of helping you succeed. Zions Bank is for you, Mitch. These BYU players had a 6 a.m. wake-up call today. Oklahoma, well, they're used to the early starts. This is their sixth morning game of the season. BYU never does this. The Cougars already struggle with slow starts. The Sooners get up early, both early in the day and early in the game. Huge challenge for BYU to begin the game, let's say, on time today. Yeah, Greg, but if I can look at this with a half-glass-full approach, you know, it can't get much worse than the previous two weeks at night for BYU. So who knows? Maybe this morning start will be that something different this team needs. Uh, but what I'm more nervous about, Greg, is to your point, BYU getting behind early in games and not finding a way to claw back or fight to make it a game again. It hasn't been there for most of this season, but that doesn't mean this team can't do it today for a couple of reasons. Number one, this is senior day with a lot of players potentially suiting up one last time here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Uh, one thing I will hang my hat on is the fact that these players will give it their all and leave it on the field. Uh, so I want to believe that they will keep fighting and competing until the clock hits zero in the fourth quarter. And, and number two, they've proven they can do it uh, early in the season as they fought back from two double-digit deficits against the tough Arkansas football team in, back in week three. Uh, they've done it before. They can do it again. But starting fast today could be the best way to not have to put yourself in that position that BYU has struggled in as of late. Mitch, thank you from the field. Coming up next, opening kick, starting lineups. BYU and Oklahoma coming up next. This has been the Ken Garf Cougar Kickoff Show live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.